You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. My name is Troy Singer, and I'm here with my co-host and friend, Bart Kaler. And today, we are going to present to you the five C's of high-performance teams with the help of Kathy Kassane, who is with Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. And we've done about 126 episodes, 127 or so. And of those, this is one that I would definitely put into the pragmatic category. If you listen to this and if you implement the things that she is explaining, your team is going to change. Oh, I agree. I think this has been that top tier of podcasts that we've had that I think are things that you can walk away with that can make an impact on not only your teams, but ultimately your institution. Because we all know that better performing teams are going to hit the goals that are put out by the institution. And I think Kathy does a really good job of kind of unpacking that. And so a lot of really good things in this episode. She brings a ton of really practical advice. And if you're really into professional development, that's her passion. And she has that. So we kind of unpack those five C's, but, you know, spoiler alert, there's a bonus. So stick around and don't, don't go away too quickly because I think you're going to want to stay till the very end. Oh, and in addition, and you kind of alluded to this at the end, but this podcast is full of quotes, full of book references and recommendations. So for that reason is for you to get out a pen and paper to make sure you can capture that. So here's our conversation with Kathy Kassane. Kathy, if you would start our conversation off today by sharing something that you may have seen or learned recently that you feel would be interesting or fun to share with our listeners. So something that I learned, I'm very intrigued, I think, with the rest of us and how AI is going to be able to complement the work that we do. Just, I think it was yesterday, I, I learned that you can create videos now with AI, scripts and the actual images that go along with it as well as creating PowerPoints. And Bart, I know that I was reading some of the great work that you're putting together on the different prompts and making my head explode a little bit with the ideas that we could possibly do with this. So I think it's just a great, just being in higher ed marketing. I mean, the best part of it is that there's always something new and we're learning something. And I'm really excited about what the possibilities are so that it can complement the work that we do and complement, you know, what I like to call our human flourishing. So that that's something I think that I want to learn more about too. Thank you, Kathy. And so relevant. And yes, you kind of lifted up Bart, who I lovingly describe <laughs> as the higher ed AI geek guru that everyone should be 
interacting with because he is experimenting with this after hours a couple of nights a week, or excuse me, a couple of hours a night, I should say. But we want to focus our conversation on you, Kathy. Kathy Kassane, who is the Associate Chief Marketing Officer and Associate Vice President at Thomas Jefferson University. And Kathy, if you could tell everyone a little bit about Thomas Jefferson University and your role there. Yeah, great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for this invite. I'm really excited for the conversation. I have the honor of working in higher ed for almost 30 years. I can't believe it, but both in enrollment management and then also in marketing communications. I currently have the privilege of overseeing and leading our award-winning marketing team at Thomas Jefferson University, which is located in Philadelphia. We're an entire marketing and communication team that operates under an in-house marketing agency model under the leadership of my boss, Pat Baldridge, who also is a great mentor. And we're comprised of almost a little over 100 team members, some of which are part of our shared services team, which is a little unique for our university, our health system, and our now insurance company. Um, A little bit about Thomas Jefferson University. As I said, we're located in Philadelphia, but we merged in 2017 with Philadelphia University, and we're currently a national doctorate research university where really our faculty are preparing students for the future of work. So we're very focused on what we call nexus learning, which is where students solve real life issues working in cross-disciplinary teams and also with industry partners. And we have a comprehensive university where we have majors in architecture, business, design, fashion and textiles, health, nursing, medicine, and social science and science. So we're really a comprehensive university with a great athletic program, D2, go Rams. So yeah, that's and, and I've been there with them for many, many years. And Kathy, because of that background and because of the comprehensive nature of your university, I think that you are uh, in a position to speak with authority on building high-performing teams. So what I would like for you to do is quickly go through those five C's that we're going to be talking about. And then between Bart and I, we're going to break those down with you. So what are the five C's that you have as the building high-performing teams? Yeah, so, you know, we put together kind of a framework of these five Cs that really help us to function in the best way that we can. So the first one is clear mission, vision, value, and goals. The next, clarity of roles and expectations. Continuous learning, which is one of my favorite, as well as collaborative culture. And really, at the end of all of it, and really along the way, celebrating the the wins, and also I put in here, things. So beyond the wins, I think it's important. And then I have one bonus C that we can chat about later. Oh, you <laughs> you have the carrot that you're going to wait until the end. <laughs> Always have to have the carrot, right? <laughs> I love that. And I mentioned earlier to you, Kathy, I, I think that sometimes the most successful podcasts are the ones that we kind of going to break it down in something that's very easy to remember five points, odd numbers, those always work out really well. So let's dive right into it and tell us a little bit about kind of your first C, this idea of clear mission, vision, values, and goals. Talk about that. Yeah. So I mentioned that we are a merged university now going on our sixth year. So one of the things that brought us together, the two universities, because we had very similar missions and goals, 
But but I think it's really important for the team on a regular basis to be reminded of that. Our mission at Jefferson is we improve lives, which you can't get much better than that as a purpose in your job, really to help students transform their life and you know get to their goal of whatever their profession is. So really, we start each of our meetings and the big staff meetings, our individual meetings with our different teams, when we present to our partners, we will start with what are the goals? Who are we looking at? And, you know, our goals, like many other universities, brand awareness and and enrollment growth. So really having that set up front helps us to focus on what matters most and takes us out of that reactive mode and puts us in that ready mode to work. I'm not going to say it always works. We know there's always competing priorities, but we at least try to go into it with a real clear direction. What what kind of pragmatic things are you doing to kind of keep it top of mind, to keep it fresh, keep it something that it's certainly not a, a creed that you start off every meeting with, but it's like, how are you doing that from a, just a day in, day out type of thing? Well, you know, one of the things that we do, we do start off with that often in our meetings, especially with the marketing team, because I know that You know, we have so many different projects that we're working on, so many things, so many demands that are coming our way and to kind of just reset. And I remember someone on your one of your podcasts said we get we have a get to job, not a got to. And I I really want to have everyone like kind of start from there. Like we really are changing lives. And sometimes I'll do it a little bit like let's go in and change some lives. But it is true. And I think that so we do talk about that often about how we we do improve lives. It's something that we talk about. And like I said earlier, like we're part of a health system as well. I mean, you can't, <laughs> they're certainly improving lives there as well. So that's something that we try to do is make it part of our common narrative and something that we're speaking into it as well as working at, you know, our student stories. Like when we're picking the stories that we're going to share, we try to talk through it through that lens of how our students are doing that because we want everyone to feel in the community that we're all truly in this together. Okay, I'm gonna kind of, at the end of each one of these, I'm gonna kind of summarize what I've heard. So the idea that we've got clear mission, vision, values, and goals, and we're gonna talk about that. You know, one practical way of kind of unpacking that We'll talk about that at the beginning of the meetings, just remind everybody it's remembering, it's kind of getting into that, you know, muscle memory type of thing. And then it's asking the questions that when you're getting ready to, you know, release something, when you're getting ready to produce something, did we do this? Does this reflect? And is it clear what our mission, vision and values are within this piece? Is that fair? Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's making it part of the common language and the common narrative that we all you know, that we all feel it. Great. That's awesome. So the second one that you talked about was, so we've got clear mission. Now we're talking about clarity of roles and expectations. Unpack that for me. So that one is, you know, one of the things that we did as we have our full team. And like I said, we have shared services, we have marketing, we have different groups that work together is really come up with, and this is something we're, we're still developing, but we want to make sure that we get it right. And that's our team charter. So again, everyone can see themselves in this team um, that we have for our in-house agency. And then also really looking through our job descriptions, you know, everything's always changing and we need to make sure that 
we're all aligned with what it is that our goals are, what our roles and responsibilities are. So that's something that the team and I actually just talked about on Monday was let's go back and look at that and see if there are things that we need to add and update. And I often say that, you know, like, even though we may have these things, nothing can be set in stone in higher ed marketing, right? I I often will say, like, we're running a triathlon where, you know, we have our foundation or training, but one moment we're going to be jumping in the water and starting to swim, but then pretty soon it's going to, we have to jump out and bike and then we're going to have to run. So being able to pivot is important too. Like we need to have clear roles and expectation, but part of that is being able to have that uh, flexibility to pivot. But I love the quote by Brene Brown, who talks about clarity is kindness. And we really try to do that to the best of our ability, even though things are, are very much changing, you know, throughout the years and, and sometimes even the months. I love the fact that it's number two after the clear mission, because I'm just thinking about, as you talk about, you know, clarity of roles and expectations, and we talk about job descriptions, I think sometimes it's, you know, I'm not saying that I've heard this recently, but it can be very easy to say, well, that's not my job. And especially in higher ed, and I love the triathlon example that you gave, we have to be nimble, we have to be flexible, things change so quickly. And so to start with the clarity of mission, to say, here's our mission, and then move into the clarity of roles. Well, you've got that backstop that says, well, whether or not it's in your job description specifically or, you know, over explicitly, we still have that common mission that we're going after, that clarity of mission that then is going to start to identify that the clarity of roles and expectations. So it sounds to me like, you know, as we kind of summarize this one up, that clarity of roles and expectations is really understanding and respecting everybody's place on the team, recognizing what they're bringing uniquely to the table, and then doing that with kindness as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you look at sometimes when they do the diagrams of like career, you know, careers, it's never just like a one line. It's not linear. It's we will have our North Star, but it could change. And I think when setting the expectations, especially when you're working in, you know, with enrollment numbers and things like that, like you could pivot of what's going to be the next priority that, that the team, they need to understand that this is our plan, but it could change. So let's get on board and use the skills we have if we need to do, if we do need to make that pivot. Kathy, I heard your third step as being continuous learning and would love for you to give us the specifics around step three. Yeah, so that's probably my baby. Like I am, if you're an AI geek, I think (laughs) Troy is We can say that amongst us friends. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I felt weird saying that, but I feel like it was safe. I'm professional development, personal development, continuous learning. I read a lot. I love it. And I think that's important for our teams. And again, you know, especially in marketing and higher ed marketing, I remember starting many years ago and we were putting together our first website and then there was social media and all the different things, email marketing. I'm certainly dating myself, but I think the best part about being in higher ed marketing is that you always have the ability to learn something new. So We really take that seriously. We have as our in-house agency, we do ongoing monthly training where we do what we call brain works, where 
sometimes we'll bring in outside people, but a lot of times we we have our in-house experts talk and teach us, you know, on their particular areas. We've done a lot of book clubs, which, you know, we started off back when we first merged. I had my, the marketing team, and this was, they wanted to do this, which, you know, all of this is the fact that I have such a great team. We did the culture code by Daniel Coyle that really just like, let's be intentional about the culture that we want to set. And then we had Natalie Nixon come and speak about the creativity leap because we believe everyone is creative. And that's something that is um, very important at Jefferson. And she's also one of our former professors, which was great. So, and now a national leader of speaking about creativity We did No Ego by Cy Wakeman. And again, all of these so that we have a common language amongst our whole team and be really intentional about what we're doing. And something we did recently, which was fun, is the art of client service. You know, that it's like get down to the bare bones. We are in a service industry. And I reached out to Robert Solomon, the author on LinkedIn and was just like, hey, we're going to do this. Any chance you want to pop in a surprise and come to our team meeting on Zoom. And he did. So it was just really fun to be able to do that. But really thinking about ways that we can do that. Some other just quick examples is we created a learning lab so that people in real time, we we work with Microsoft Teams. So people can pop in there and just be like, this is a great article I just read on media planning or on admissions, admitted student survey or something like that. And then the team will go in and comment. And when we get in person, we could have some discussion on that, but really encouraging them to, there's so many free ways to learn, right? When we're in um, higher ed marketing, sometimes there's the budgets for professional development aren't that large. However, there's so much like this, like this podcast is a great one, you know, listen to podcasts, sign up for the e-newsletters. There's free conferences that you can join online and sometimes even in person. So really, again, being intentional with how we're going to learn. One of the other things that we started to do was, you know, really, we wanted to find ways that we can engage, you know, all of our team members so that they really felt like they were, you know, part of the plan to reach our goals. So we sent out a survey myself and one of my colleagues and said, Here's all the different areas that we work in, all the functional areas. Rate them on what you'd love to learn about, even if it's not within your particular thing, but you'd love to learn more about. So they did. And now what we have is what we call our cross-functional leads that, and they're now charged with learning more about that through all of these free avenues and come back to the team and come up with some ideas, like how do we innovate from what we learn and really just becoming more the the team experts along with our shared services team on how we can reach our goals and do things that we've never done before. So I think that that's super important. And one thing that I always say is like, it's progress over perfection. You know, um, we expect you to come up with some idea that might not fly (laughs) completely, but it might, we might find a way that, we can do something else with that or learn something. And it's been really great watching people come up with some new ideas and become leaders in their own right in those areas. What I'm hearing you on this one, I mean, talking about continuous learning, we're talking about 
you know, creative ways that you can learn together as a group. So that could be book clubs. It could be those learning labs that you talked about. It's collaborative learning together, but it's also kind of looking at what are those uh, ways that we can learn beyond what typically people always think of professional development conferences. It's like, oh, that's what our budget always is. Well, you've kind of unpacked some ideas about listening to podcasts, subscribing to emails, you know, going and taking online courses that might be free. And then I love this idea of just this, you know, group ideation. You know, we're going to sit around and we're going to learn together and then we're going to apply that to what we're doing every day. So that's excellent, excellent work. So, so far we've got clear mission, clarity of roles, continuous learning. Troy, why don't you take the next one? Sure. And I think it naturally leads because we've already talked about collaboration and some of the work that you're doing through continuous learning is making everyone collaborate with one another. But number four, you have specifically as collaborative culture. And it's something that we may think could be easy, but especially in the day of remote work, I'm sure that you have to put intent into it. So if you would offer your approach to number or the next step, number four. Yeah. So, you know, we wouldn't be able to make it all work without collaboration. I mean, it's one of our pillars for our university, for our students and teaching about, you know, working with people outside of your own maybe silo. So that's something with our shared services, with our team and marketing, we really promote that. And we started to do, again, you know, like we're trying all these things to see what works, but doing different pods, that's something that we're doing. So we make sure that there's someone from the digital team, someone from creative, someone from marketing, someone from comms, social, and we all bring kind of different perspectives to it. But we're really trying to build that common language. And again, go back to that North Star of what our goals are and what we're here to do. Like there's a true purpose to everything that we do. So we do that internally with our in-house agency. And some of that, you know, common language is also some fun stuff. Like many times our mascot is the Rams. So people will end a meeting with go Rams, you know, or or an email and just to have a little fun with it too. But there's something to be said there, right? Like there, there's that community building that we do, or even just with the mission of we improve lives, like connecting us. But collaboration, you know, we obviously have really tight partners amongst the university with the colleges and the deans, with the different departments, and especially with our partners in enrollment management. We work side by side and we developed, I guess it was a couple years ago, a steering committee so that we're meeting every week. Everybody is, you know, knows what the the left hand is doing and the right hand is doing so that so that we're all we're all on the same page. So that's been a great partnership. But yeah, we know that, you know, one of the the favorites, Dale Carnegie said, people support what they create. So getting people involved in the decision-making, in the ideation, and really it, it's so important to have other people's perspectives on it so that, you know, whatever the product is that we're trying to put together is the best it can be. That's great. And I, I love the fact that you're kind of talking through that collaborative culture in the way that, you know, it's, it's intentional. It's something that, you know, we don't take for granted. And it's also kind of breaking down those silos. I love the way that you're kind of saying that, Kathy, because I think that idea of collaborative culture is so critical. There's so many natural silos in higher education. I mean, a lot of times it's like there's the marketing silo and there's the enrollment silo and there's 
all these different places. And, and I know on a, a recent podcast with Michael Doran from X equals, we, we talked a lot about that integration and being able to pull those down and the benefits that inherently come from being kind of shoulder to shoulder and having what you're calling that collab, collaborative culture. Because otherwise, if we just do a once a month meeting and it becomes very tactical and it becomes, okay, please update this on the website because we found this is wrong, or please do this. We're not actually moving the needle forward. We're not doing the mission. We're not doing those other things that happen when we're truly being collaborative. And I love the, the quote that you had there with Dale Carnegie, just the idea that everybody is going to be creating together. And that's another part of that collaborative culture. So excellent, excellent. So, so kind of going back, I know people are getting tired of me reviewing, but this is the way that we remember everyone. The first C was clear mission, vision, values, and goals. Then we got into the clarity. So the clarity of roles and expectations. Then that continuous learning. That fourth C, collaborative culture. So now number five, tell us a little bit more about that celebration of the wins and things. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, in higher ed marketing, we are very hard workers. Everybody has so many different priorities that we're focusing on. So it's so important that you take the time. And a lot of this, you had mentioned the word intentional. I think that that is the biggest word you can pull out here is really to, to think about what you're doing and celebrating the wins is so important because people forget what they do. You know, like it's kind of, you're working so hard, you're on to the next thing. And we need to take the time to, to sit and say, yeah, yes, you know, go Rams. So we do, we have a monthly meeting that we go through our monthly wins. And then we also have a Microsoft Teams and some internal channels that people are encouraged to say, hey, you know what, check out this new publication we just worked on. Really happy to share that it came together. And so people can go on or, you know, work anniversaries, birthdays, we just had um, a coworker that had a new baby, you know, like, so everybody can get on there and, and congratulate and staff. We have big staff meetings with the whole in-house agency, and it starts with those wins before we even do anything. And then I threw on there end things because I think it's also important to say, like, celebrate the tries, you know, the, I gave this a shot, like I had an idea and they're not all going to work and that's fine. And we need to let our teams know that you're safe to try these things that take the risks because that's where the best innovation comes from. And it also allows them to be active learners, you know, that they're coming, that they're becoming the leaders. And, you know, that's our job as leaders is to train the upcoming leaders. So just having that ability to say like, this was an idea that I had and it worked, or this was an idea that I had that needs a little tweaking and maybe we can do something from there. So, but taking that time to, you know, think about what we've done, all give a high five and see what we can do better moving forward. Let me ask you a little bit. I'm going to tease that out a little bit because I just have had a specific question that is coming up that I've had people ask me about. Okay, I've got a lot of different generations on my team. I might have a boomer, Xer. I've got Generation Z now on my team. Work attitudes, the way they approach work, a lot of different ways that that those different cultures. How do you kind of, I mean, do you do anything different when you're celebrating a 24-year-old versus somebody who's got some season? Just, I'm sure you are, and I'd love to kind of get your wisdom on that. Well, I think a lot of that is 
listening to people, you know, like and talking to them and learning. One of the things that I'm sure we all know, like there's some people that we are more of a coach and then there's more that we have to get a little bit more in there and kind of be more directive, but you're also learning their personalities. We, so what they would feel comfortable with and what, what I have found, which I love is that there are some people that are kind of like, Hey, it's just my job. Like, I'm not going to like gloat that it's a win, but the person next to them is saying, if they're not going to say it, I'm going to say it. And then there's also, which, you know, I'll, I'll touch upon in that bonus because you're doing a good segue to it. But I think it, it is important to think about, you know, the different generations, the different personalities, what people are comfortable with, and really having that, that, that knowledge of what people would want to do to celebrate. You've mentioned it and you've teased it out for about 30 minutes now. So (laughs) since we naturally segued to it and didn't know it, what is the bonus C, Kathy? So choice. And I think that, you know, with anything, it's really up to the individual person to decide, you know, like I said, my baby is professional development and, um, continuous learning. I also understand that that may not be depending on people's where they are in life. You know, people might've just had a new baby or, you know, they're, they're dealing with other things that it's kind of, it's not front and center for them, but we always have a choice to grow, to do better. I think a lot of what I said here is, you know, common sense in some ways, like we all know it, but I'm going to give you another quote from, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Brendan Bouchard, but I absolutely love him. He's a, a high performance coach. And he always says, common sense isn't always common practice. And I think that intentional part and making it a choice for all of us to say, this is important. And we want our teams to feel engaged. We want them to feel empowered to do their best work. So really going through these different C's, I think, gives them that opportunity to do it. But ultimately, it's all of our choice to, to talk about these things, but it's, it's also the individual choice of whether or not they want to participate. And I can say, I mean, I have the best team in the world and our in-house agency is like, I mean, not only just fabulous work, but so much fun. I love going to work every day, but it's because we think of these things and we think of what's important to help people grow and to make them feel a part of that North Star. Right. And I think that's it. I think it's important to kind of underscore that right now, because I mean, I think you just said something that there might be a lot of leaders that are listening to this podcast are like, boy, I wish I had the type of place that I really got excited about going into work every day. It feels like a burden for me. Boy, if we can get outside of this season, it'll be better. But the reality is, is that you're not going to get out of that season unless you actually do some hard decisions. It reminds me of a book that I read recently, Joanna Soliday from Credo. She's one of the co-founders, has written two books, one called Pivot and one called Surviving to Thriving. And they're both about higher ed leadership and how higher ed leaders need to really kind of take a look at everything. And one of the things that's really one of the key points of a trait of a hired leader that kind of goes with what you're doing is this idea of courageous leadership. And so you can't, you know, wish that something would change without being, you know, willing to jump in there and make it happen and kind of take the hits for whatever 
that courageous leadership happens because at the end of the day, if you want your place to change, you're have you're gonna have to be the one who changes first. And sometimes that's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. And 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 you, you might take some hits, you might take some it might be a, a challenging season, but sometimes that's the only way to get through that. So I, I really like that. And I, I just want to make sure that as we go through and kind of finalize everything that we're really looking at and, and kind of looking again one more time at what those five C's and the bonus were. So Troy, if you're okay, I'm just going to summarize these again, and then we'll kind of finalize the, the episode. So talked about the importance of clear mission, vision, value, and goals. And we kind of unpacked that a little bit. Clarity of roles and expectations. This idea of continuous learning. The fourth C, that collaborative culture. Number five, the celebration of the wins and the things. And then I love this bonus one, just this choice. I think this is a great framework. I think that it's just been such a great way to kind of frame this and kind of continue to go on on through this way to kind of look at how to really develop out your high-performance team. And I have to say that thank you for adding two more books into my Amazon cart. Um, (laughs) I will be looking at those. And I I just want to kind of say that I completely agree with you with courageous leadership because, and and it's not easy, right, for people to do that. And I've been witness to the people who have come before me or even my current uh, boss, Pat Baldrige, because that's exactly like this isn't just me coming up with things on my own. This is, you know, collaboration and really having just amazing mentors, which I would, there's, I don't know, see for that, but encouraging people to seek out people in their organizations that they can learn from. You've been so generous with the content that you've provided. And as a listener of the podcast, you know what I'm getting ready to ask. And I will make sure you know that it doesn't have to be a C, but would like to know <laughs> if there is a, quick piece of advice that you can offer that could be implemented immediately in regard to how you do your work or you where you sit. Yeah, I'm going to go back one in the in the alphabet and go to a B and block out time. Block out time to think. Start with the morning routine. Usually for me it's in the morning, you know, when you're fresh and right, you know, with your coffee, enjoy it and really be intentional with your day because so many times we open the email and we're already on everyone else's agenda, but take the time to block out that morning, you know, whatever that time of the morning may be, but really set up that you have a morning routine that you do every day that gets you ready to do your best. Thank you very much for all of the content and things that you've shared today. And Kathy, for anyone who would like to dig a little deeper into the five plus one C's, what would be the best way for them to reach out and connect with you, B? I would say I'm active on LinkedIn. I would say that's the best place to to reach out to me. And I'd be happy to talk to anybody. I love talking about professional development and high-performing teams. So if there's others that want to collaborate or share their own steps, I would love to hear it. Thanks again, Kathy. Thank you both so much. It's our pleasure. Yeah, it has been our pleasure. And thank you so much, Kathy. And and just as a summary for our listeners, I think that, you know, I'm not going to go through the five C's and plus one again. You've heard that, you can listen to that. But the things I wanted to kind of point out is there were a couple of things that, uh, that Kathy kind of rose to the top that are important that, that are not C-oriented, but is that it's that whole idea of intentionality, that, that idea of you have to be intentional 
in what you're doing. So, it, I mean, you can go back and you can put post-it notes around your office and put the C's up and, you know, create some rah-rah. But if you're not intentionally doing it, putting in the reps, doing the things that Kathy talked about, it's just going to be another podcast that you listened to and took some notes. And so I think you really have to be intentional to say, okay, I'm going to really change our team. I'm going to change our culture. I'm going to really try to improve the performance of those around me. It's going to take some work. And I think that you're going to have to be intentional with that. And so I would make sure that you remember that. And then I would also like to say this episode probably has the most quotes and the most books of any of ours. <laughs> and so I really want to go back in and, and document all of them. But I know that I have at least four or five books that I've written down. And so it's, it's been great. So Kathy, thank you so much for being on the podcast and come back at any time. My pleasure. Thank you both. Thank you, Bart. Want to let everyone know that Bart and I are very grateful to our producer, Rob Conlon at Westport Studios, who makes it so easy for us to provide this podcast every single week with ease. Thank you, Rob. Also want to say that we are grateful for our sponsors, which are Kaler Solutions, an education and marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, accurately and precisely connecting universities directly to the devices of their prospects, inquiries, and alumni on their most valued mailing list. On behalf of our guest, Kathy Kassain, my co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. Oh, <laughs>